Welcome to Mint, a unique look into how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and let's kick off this episode by giving some love to our five NFT sponsors. They are Coinvise, Poop, Cello, Social Stack, and PrimeDAO. First off, on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. Next up, we have POAP, or short for Proof of Attendance Protocol, who enables a novel way of creating one's life diary. Leveraging NFT technology, POAP facilitates an easy way to mint non-fungible tokens related to meaningful events. It's frequently used in crypto-native communities, and now it's starting to create NFT collectors in the mainstream too. Collect or launch your own POAP today by visiting poap.xyz. Next up, we have Social Stack a platform for communities, brands, and creators to build mission-driven social token economies, offering an easy-to-use non-custodial wallet with a suite of open-source community engagement tools. Social Stack makes it simple to bring your community into Web3 and be a part of creating an open-source, gratitude-driven future for social tokens. Create a free social token wallet, discover mission-driven social token communities, or apply to launch your own token on Social Stack by visiting socialstack.co today. Next up, we have Celo. Are you looking for an ecosystem of dApps, currencies, and tokens that can connect you with people no matter their device, carrier, or country? Well, say hello to Celo, a mobile-first platform that makes crypto dApps and payments accessible to anyone with a mobile phone. Celo supports thousands of projects from builders, developers, and artists who every day build applications and issue tokens from all over the world. Visit celo.org today to learn more. And last but not least, we have PrimeDAO, a collective of DeFi builders and DAO veterans attempting to turn DeFi into a more cooperative ecosystem by creating DAO-to-DAO interactions. The first solution to go live is PrimeLaunch, a launchpad experience for DAOs built in collaboration with Balancer. If you plan on launching a DAO, head over to prime.xyz to access a network of partners and tools that will jumpstart your DAO development today. This episode welcomes Jeff Marcillo and Jordan Lyle of Nifties, who are building the ultimate destination for creators, collectors, and curators. In this episode, we talk about Web2 social media versus Web3, on-chain curation, building products in Web3, art collabs with Common Canvas, introducing Damien Hurst and Space Jam to NFTs, what will eat Web3 from their point of view, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Jeff and Jordan, welcome to Mint. I'm so excited to have you guys on. Uh, Let's just jump right into it. I want to savor our time. So Jeff and Jordan, give me a quick brief about yourselves. We can start with Jeff and then uh, and then go to Jordan. Uh, well, I'm the CEO of, of Nifties. And before Jordan and I and some other um, co-founders started Nifties, I was at the NBA for the last eight years where I was senior vice president of new media, which meant my group was responsible for things like partnerships with social media companies and app distribution and digital content strategy. And one of the areas that we were 
responsible for was, uh, you know, uh, emerging technologies and how they might impact the fan experience. And as part of that, we created a blockchain working group that ended up creating NBA Top Shot with Dapper Labs. And of course, uh, you know, they, Dapper Labs, I think, did all the hard work. Um, and, and we also had some good luck with timing. But it ended up being a, uh, uh, an NFT phenomenon. For me, what that meant was that I got a front row seat to NFTs entering the mainstream. And I came to appreciate that uh, not only is it an extraordinary revolution in the way that, uh, that people can uh, engage with creativity, create, and, and of course own things on the internet, but it was also still pretty early and, and there just was still a lot of opportunity. So I met Jordan at, at, at around that time, you know, just this last winter, and uh and we got to talking and, and we came up with nifties and here we are here we are you guys actually built something super cool right and it's a lot of what i want to talk about today but the whole concept of, of web3 social media right i know jordan you you have a profound background of of messing around with nft so i'll let you take the lead but go ahead also <laughs> introduce yourself for a minute oh you're muted of course uh <laughs> thanks man i um Prior to joining up with Jeff and the rest of the founding team, uh, I was at Consensus. So I spent two years at Consensus as a product lead uh, for DeFi. So I, land, I ran several teams that innovated in the, the DeFi space. In the early days of DeFi, um, created several projects around risk uh, within DeFi. And we issued a, a couple token staking platforms um prior to that i was a chief product officer at a at a dex uh startup called total i know your former employer is uh is really close to total uh, in, invested into total prior to that i uh i sold a startup web2 startup to a company called jibjab big entertainment digital media company in la uh so I worked on, you know, fun media, digital content for a few years. Then I was doing blockchain for three or four years. Now I'm doing fun digital content on the blockchain with NFTs. Uh, so it's a fun, fun kind of career arc for me. And, um, you know, without burying the lead too much, uh, more recently, about a year ago, we just celebrated one year of meme. We, we launched the meme project in August of 2020 and, uh, that really led to you know innovation with DeFi, but also with NFTs, and that kicked off this project and the community, and um, jumped into the N NFT community with both feet and got to experience uh, the amazing community here, and uh, really you know taught me about um, building for not just you know building not just financial tools, but uh, being able to have have like creativity come into play and. Uh, building maybe more, more some of the things that I learned in my startup and then selling to JibJab and working at JibJab about uh, building consumer products for the first time on a Web3 stack. Um, and then we've come full circle here and we're building something with Nifties that uh, tries to take that delicate balance of focused on new users who may not be, who may not know what a, what a private key is uh, and introduce them to something that is uh is really changes the game to to use that to use that phrase it, it uh 
it's something certainly exciting, the ability to own content, own digital content for the first time and transact and provide incentives. And uh, now for the first time, it's like known IP as we do several big brand partnerships. So it's a super exciting sure. time. Uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun. You know, one thing that I really love about both of your backgrounds, Jeff, obviously you have the credibility of the NBA. You help bring a lot of this space to life, right? All that excitement of people basically getting confused about buying videos, right? And what that kind of looked like introduced a lot of the speculation, a lot of the curiosity, a lot of the interest. And Jordan, on your side, obviously having the backing of consensus, being an early crypto user, understanding what media looks like from a Web 2.0 and now kind of transforming that from a Web 3.0 point of view. And also with the, with the meme background, and you guys are two OGs, OGs in the space. And I, I really do respect and applaud your progress so far, which kind of leads me to this question. Like, you've obviously seen a lot of the development of the NFT, the space over the few years. What's the current state as of now? Like, where are we? We're seeing, like, just to throw some metrics out there, we're seeing OpenSea achieve a billion dollars uh, in, in transaction volume in a month. I think a couple of days ago, it was like $100 million, like, crazy amounts of money and also keeping in mind a lot of these nfts are high ticket items which also contributes to it right so what's what's the current state i'd love to get both of your point of views for me it's still it's still early and we're seeing really experimentation uh we're seeing a little bit of fomo we're seeing people that are buying nfts just because they think they may go up tomorrow um so there is a, a ton of hype whether it's justified or not, I think I think so. Um, and then what's super cool is that we're seeing some of these big brands and some of these maybe more experienced and established product builders enter the space. Uh, you know, the first couple of years, it's always developers building for developers. Uh, now we're actually starting to see well-funded companies, big brands, big budgets enter the space. Uh, and we're seeing it for the, uh, the consumer experience that it can be. Yeah, and and Jeff, how do you how do you kind of feel about that? Um, well, well said. I mean, I look at some of the numbers, and there's there's something that's kind of out of out of whack in a way. Um, there are extraordinary sales volume numbers, but the numbers of individual people who are actually engaging with NFTs as a medium or as a technology is still really small. So I think you've got uh, a group of passionate early adopters who are willing to uh, you know, put up with some of the complications and difficulties of engaging in a, in a new space, some of the risks to engaging in a new, new space. But you're seeing the, the average person and frankly, the average company uh, kind of waiting on the sideline until they feel like it's, it's, it's ready, the space is ready for them to enter. And you know, even NBA, obviously a big brand, um, and uh, maybe a little less risk averse than, than other big brands. So relatively early in, in this game. Um, but uh, with, with Top Shot, the numbers are in some ways extraordinary, but still relative to the billions of people in the world who are NBA fans, the number of people who are engaging with NBA Top Shot, I think is pretty small. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where we come in. I mean, I think a big part of it is just making it a lot easier to use. Um, removing some of the uh, obstacles, some of the um, some of the you know jargon, simplifying that, and then uh, bringing in uh, the opportunity 
to be social around, around it. So it's not just about what Jordan was just talking about, right? Speculating on value. It can also be about uh, joining communities. Don't get me wrong. Community is like the name of the game in the NFT space, but there hasn't really been a home, a native home for that community to emerge. So we are uh, trying to build one of those homes and uh, really emphasize engagement, really emphasize ease of use and invite everybody who's on the sort of, you know, the sidelines to enter the pool and have fun with everybody else who's already in here, uh, just being creative and engaging with this creativity. Yeah, the, the current state of NFTs from my point of view is it's very multi-platform, right? You're living across Discord, you're living across Twitter, you're even slowly dabbling into Instagram a little bit, but it feels very scattered because you also have to go to OpenSea and to all these different NFT platforms. And let's not forget like the main, like what's the word? The main point of friction for any new user is the whole MetaMask onboarding too. Right. And understanding what that process is like. And that wallet is your bridge from Web 2 to Web 3. Right. And yeah. I, it kind of gets me to my next question here is like, I'd love for you to kind of build upon what is the grand vision for Nifty's here. Right. I know you touched upon it in, in talking about more of a central hub, right, for NFTs. But what does that look like? What does that really mean? You know, um, essentially, I kind of think about it as, as a, difficult to analogize to current examples because currently in the world of web 2.0 we talk about marketplaces and we talk about social networks and social media companies uh, and really what nifty's wants to be is something like a merger of those two so jordan and i will often call it a social marketplace but it, it is a place uh, and by the way the reason the reason being the distinction between commerce and content is by definition blurred when you talk about NFTs. NFTs are content and commerce. And so um, we believe that the complete experience that isn't, and I, don't get me wrong, I don't think that in the future there's just one NFT home and that's it. I don't think it's like that. I think it's like video or even bigger than that where there will be many, many homes. But a really complete experience is gonna need to embrace commerce and embrace social. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a marketplace that is a home for communities. Um, and that is a place where the average person and the average brand can come and engage with this new medium. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting because like you look at web two social media right now, they kind of, they use the user as the product, right? Leveraging their data, promoting advertisements to them, et cetera. And when you're talking about social media being web threeified, quote unquote, you're kind of like, you need to reimagine what that business model looks like, right? Instead of exploiting user data, we're seeing a lot of trends of platforms putting users at the core of what they're doing, giving them governance tokens and making them core contributors to how the kind of the platform is forward. Jordan, obviously you have a lot of experience with that with meme and kind of the rise of meme and how that started from literally a tweet. And now it's this grandiose platform that now, right? So there's a lot of history behind that. How do you guys view the business models kind of evolving for these web web threeified social media platforms? And you could take this either from like your point of view, what you guys are doing, or how platforms in the future are going to be leveraging this new form of user data. You want to go, Jordan, or want me to go? <laughs> Sounds like you've got an answer. So no, no. I mean, I think it's a it's a super challenging question. I, very yeah. briefly, um, 
I think that we don't know exactly how it will evolve. We have some ideas about how we're going to approach it. But one of the things that's just extraordinary about NFTs is they really open up the possibilities in a whole bunch of new directions that, that just you know weren't there with Web 2.0. Web 2.0 sort of inevitable that you um, that you end up you know essentially monetizing engagement through advertising because um, you know the, the the unit of media the the the, vi the individual video the individual photograph or whatever was static and not very smart right like you just it's it's just a video with NFTs um, the unit of media is itself programmable so you can put rules into it that relate to how you transact with it, how you engage with it, um, how it makes money, how it pays money out, how the rights are managed that uh, are just almost infinitely flexible. So it, what it means then is everything is kind of possible now. Um, and probably what you will see is you will see, uh, you know, a kind of cornucopia of platforms and their means of monetizing engagement and monetizing content. For nifties, where we're starting out is where a lot of other platforms have started out. We monetize by uh, by taking transaction fees uh, because people are right now are buying and selling NFTs. Uh, we don't have any plans to simply monetize data like you suggested. That just isn't uh, anywhere in our thinking or on our, in our roadmap. But I do think that. Uh, our way means of monetization could potentially evolve beyond the simple transaction fee down the road. Uh, I, but I don't know exactly where it might take us. Yeah. One thing that I like to think about is all user data is public, right? Everything now on the blockchain, it's all like anonymized per se, right? But you can build interesting narratives around wallets, right? Based off the currencies that they hold, based off past transactions that they've made. Like the first thing that comes to mind is, and I use them a lot in Mint, is friends with benefits, okay? That's like a social community that if you hold this, these tokens, like the 77 tokens, you could make an assumption that this user is part of this community, right? If you hold meme to an extent, right? Some meme tokens, you can make some assumptions that that user has some involvement in the meme community. If you look at his past transactions and you see that He's maybe used uh, uh, either Nifties or OpenSea or this platform or that platform. You can kind of build a narrative about where their expertise is. Like you're actually able to build like decentralized social graphs to an extent and build narratives around users. And I see Jordan, you're smiling and you're nodding your head. I, I feel like you've thought about this before from a product point of view. How do you feel about this? No, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I'm really glad you went there because you're right. It's public information. It's all on the blockchain. Anyone can easily see uh what a wallet holds pick any wallet and you'll be able to just okay they hold these tokens these uh these nfts and you can kind of you can kind of find out more about their identity our identity for, maybe for the first time is is on public display you just can't really access it at all um <clears throat> one thing that's always kind of been the through line through everything we build is the ability to showcase your collection um right now we've got a playlist where Silver Surfer has identified the top NFTs in his own personal collection. We're really starting to scratch the surface of what it means to be able to curate an NFT gallery. Um, and it doesn't have to just be for people like Silver Surfer with a lot of ETH to burn, right? Like he's, he's one use case. Another one is I don't have to collect to physically own these NFTs, but I'm able to 
uh, curate and put together a playlist and uh, match up different art styles. And, um, but it all comes back to uh, the user type. And um, for the first time we can now, when someone connects their wallet to Nifty's, we know a lot about them, not in a super secret way where we've, we've been spying on them. Um, although there may be some education that's needed as Web2 users may not be familiar with some of these practices. Um, and we wanna be as compliant and user-friendly as possible in everything we do. But you're almost building out this uh, Web3 identity for everybody that connects to the site. And you're able to, hey, I, I see you like um, Space Jam will have you have you checked out Top Shots or vice versa. Yeah, um, yeah. Or you're, you're able to identify the user before they even take an action on your platform. So I think it's about combining kind of these, these things that we've been building in Web2, some of these um, integrations and practices about really building a worthwhile product that provides a lot of value and then applying it to the unique tools that we get in Web3. Yeah. You know, you know, like this moment in time really reminds me of a very like iconic period in history in tech. You guys remember that whole scene? I was I was really young during this time, but I kind of remember it starting to develop when Apple introduced the iTunes store and the ability to buy songs for $1.29, right? Or 99 cents. And their main reasoning that the problem that they were trying to solve is one, making streaming and, and more accessible to the end user without them having to torrent all the songs and illegally download stuff. And they realize there's actually a market for people who want to support artists and purchase songs, right? And that's obviously before streaming came out, et cetera. Now people just pay a one month fee to access unlimited songs. But point being, a lot of that moment in time kind of reminds me of where we are today with NFTs, right? The purchase and consumption of media. Do you guys ever like reference point in times when you're building out nifties, right? And, and kind of reflect like, why are people spending so much? What does this level of ownership mean to the end user? And how can we integrate that into nifties? How do you guys kind of think about that process when building it out? You're getting deep here. Um, it's a, um, I think first and foremost, it's, it's social in the sense that, uh, all of these things have value only in connection or in relation to other people, how we feel about other people, how we want other people to feel about us. And Jordan was talking about how your wallet can almost be your identity. And that's really because NFTs are a form of self-expression, right? You're, you, are, you are expressing something about your preferences. And it's not enough, frankly, on, on NFTs, you can make playlists and those playlists can showcase things that you are just interested in, things that you own, things that you've created, but you don't have to have owned or created them to, to make a playlist. And we think playlists are, are great and going to be a great way to get into this space, but it's not the same thing as owning an NFT. Uh, because when you own an NFT, you're saying something else. You're saying, I've invested time, I've invested money, I've invested myself in this, this unit of culture that I'm now showing off. And so that, I think that investment and that sort of showing off go hand in hand and have cultural meaning for people. Um, I've got a book on my shelf over here somewhere called Culture and Consumption. It's, bas it's basically, uh, its premise is that all of our choices, all of our choices in commerce, all of our choices in uh, you know, our commercial 
uh, goings about are cultural decisions. They're decisions that we make about how we fit in with other people and how we express our support for other people and how we express ourselves. So, you know, look, I think that we referenced that, that point about human nature and everything that we do. It's really the foundation of what Nifties is. Um, and you can look back and there are examples of this through time. I mean, it goes back to probably the first caveman who found a shiny rock and hung it around his, his neck. Right. I mean, right. it's, it's, um, it's really not very different from that intrinsic need to have something valuable that says something about yourself and show it off to other people. It, that goes back way, way earlier than iTunes. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I, I think I only really like that example it's it, because you're able to get songs for free. And now Apple came out with this concept of being able to buy them, right? And you're able to save pictures and in, in torrent videos that are technically NFTs also for free, but people see the value of owning it, right? And it, it really causes us to really reimagine and rethink what is value on the internet, especially for things that you can't touch and you can't feel, you can really only see. I mean, you can get like intimate objects and like frame your, your collectibles and you could technically touch them, but you know where I'm going with this, this whole movement of, of like digital ownership, digital scarcity. To many, it's it's very new. And I go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Well, well, there's really there's um, it's very common. It was very common in the physical world. I mean, if you look at basketball cards or baseball cards, they're just pictures that are commonly available on two cents worth of cardboard. Generally. Right. Um, but there's something about the fact and it's again, it's a social construct, something about the fact that these are the ones, these real ones are the ones that were authentically distributed by the person who was responsible for creating it, right? By the creator in the sense of the NBA being the creator of basketball. Um, so that just translates to the internet. What, what's different now with blockchain, of course, and this goes back to, I think something Jordan said at the beginning, is ownership is now possible in a way that never was before. We feel again, that we really own something on the internet now because nobody can take it away from us. Unlike iTunes or unlike Kindle, where when they shut that app down, you don't get to take that song and bring it somewhere else. That's really their song and you're borrowing it. Here now, the database of ownership is distributed. Nobody can take that away from you. You can pass it on to your grandkids or do what you want with it. It's yours. That's, the, that's I think, the big difference here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to pivot for a minute into your collaborations and all the projects that you guys are working on, which is super exciting, super mainstream. Uh, and the first one that comes to mind is Damien Hirst. That's like my personal, like selfishly, one of my personal favorite collabs, seeing that documentary come to life, seeing that piece of art come to life. And then his first experimentation in, in, in I guess, dabbling with NFTs was through NFTs. I'd love to hear kind of like the story of how that kind of came together. And like, what was that process like working with one of the most, I guess, famous artists of our time? Yeah, it was an interesting one to kind of kick off the platform with, right? We, um, the Damien Hurst project was, uh, was organized by Henny and uh, they're, they're an investor in Nifties. Uh, it was collaborated on by Consensus and their blockchain Palm, which is the, the, uh, our exclusive sidechain uh, platform at the moment. And um, I was really close to consensus, having just left consensus to start this company. And uh, it just all lined up perfectly that, hey, we've got this, this project that we're thinking about. It's a top artist. 
we're going to need a, a secondary market. We're going to need a marketplace. Uh, one thing led to another, and it just it just made a lot of sense. Um, it was an interesting solution how it kind of came about. Uh, the Damien Hurst project was launching at the same time that Nifty's was launching at the same time the Palm Network was launching. Uh, so it makes for uh, <laughs> fun stories we'll have to have over a beer one day. But um, it, I think it was really, it's a really fun project. Uh, not just the fact that a top artist, maybe the wealthiest artist, living artist, uh, chose to do something with NFTs and to um, in some way partner with Nifties. But uh, the, the project is uh, innovative on its own. Uh, in a few months, everyone that holds a Damien Hurst uh, tender, as they call it, will be able to decide, okay, do you keep it as an NFT or do you turn it into a physical NFT, thus burning uh, the NFT? Do you turn it into a physical piece that you can receive in the mail? Mm -hmm. Everybody has to make a choice, a physical or digital. It's a really fun project. It was something um, great to kind of put our brand next to those brands, next to Damien Hurst. Um, yeah, it's a tremendous project and we're, we're excited about the future. What do you what do you think? Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I, I, look, I just think it's uh, I didn't think about it this way at the moment you were asking the question, Adam, but um, it's kind of the perfect illustration of what we were just talking about. Right. Because it is this um, this this art project that explores and sort of teases out what we mean by ownership and what we mean by non fungibility and fungibility and the fact that it kind of forces this choice between physical ownership and digital ownership, I think, the, I think the hypothesis of that experiment is, at least my hypothesis would be, many people are gonna choose digital ownership. And when you pit physical ownership against digital ownership, and many people choose digital ownership, you're kind of demonstrating, hey, ownership on the internet is really here, right? right? People have chosen among the two, they had an equal choice and they chose digital. I know that's what I'm going to choose. I think that's what's going to be. <laughs> but 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 that factor is also super dependent on who you're targeting, right? Because if you go more to the normie crowd and you still try to explain to them what digital ownership means, they still don't get. They're not there yet. If you go to the crypto crowd, obviously they're going to choose, you know, <laughs> the, the 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 digital one. Or at least most will choose. And that was actually my next question. What do you guys imagine being the outcome of this, right? Because it's a perfect like test, a user test, right, to see what they value. And Jeff, you say they're going to lean more towards the digital side. Oh, I don't. I don't really know. I, mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to choose digital. I mean, I, I think especially with all the excitement around right. NFTs, um, I don't really know. Uh, I, I I never really speculate on these kinds of things because people surprise you. You know, I think one of the cool things about this experiment is they just they just made the choice available. Now it's up to everybody who, who bought one. To, to make that choice. And uh, we'll see. Yeah. Jordan, what do you think? To be honest, I think a majority of people will choose digital. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think just it's, it's a really, it's a really tough question, but I think with the amount of people that are crypto native crypto collectors that participated in that, I think enough people see the value um, several people have more than one. So we may see a situation where it was like buy two and burn one. So you get one of each. Um, but just for the benefits of like, why, why are NFTs cool? Uh, well, you can display them on, uh, anywhere digitally. Uh, there's a market for them. 
Um, I can easily sell an NFT a lot easier than I can a eight by 10 printout, right? There may be a secondary market for the, for the actual printed thing that emerges, but um, just, you know, why NFTs in general, I think yeah. the answer. Yeah. Another, go ahead, go ahead. Really good point because the way the experiment is, is, is designed, everybody owns the digital version for a while. So you're forced to experience all the benefits that Jordan just described. Right. right? For some period of time, you're going to be able to show it off digitally. You're going to have a, a liquid secondary market. And then you're going to have to decide, do you want to go back to physical? That's really what it, the decision is. Do you want to forego all those benefits of NFTs and go backward? And now I, now that I hear Jordan say it that way, I think he's got a, he's got a great point. And I think, you know, probably most people will decide to stick, stick with digital. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, another cool project that you guys brought to life is the collaboration with Spaceship, which was also super cool. I know I fangirled over it. I got all the free ones and even purchased the one too. And I know my brother also went crazy over it, being the basketball fan that he is. Uh, how was the process of bringing that to life? Two very different projects. One's like a mainstream franchise. The other one is a very famous, iconic artist, right? How How is that? Like, tell me the story behind that. How did that come to life? You want to take that one, Jeff? Yeah, sure. Um, well, look, uh, one, one thing that I learned when I was at the NBA working on, on NFTs and working on Top Shot and all that stuff is that, uh, yes, I mean, of course, there's this enormous opportunity for brands and companies to engage with fans in new ways. But uh, even today, and this was true then and I think still now, there aren't actually that many platforms for brands to do that. And so, you know, you could do what we did and go work with a great, great company like Dapper Labs and, and, and build one, build a platform for, you know, your brand. Um, but beyond building one yourself and all that investment and all that risk and all that time, there, there, there haven't really been uh, platforms to engage, for brands to engage with their audience in a large kind of scale way. So that's, you know, obviously been the pitch that we've, been making to the market like hey you could go on any number of marketplaces and you can do a drop and you can sell you know one of ones and you can probably make a lot of money if you're a big brand but uh what we know at nifty's is that for most of these brands a million fans is worth more than a million dollars right and when you're trying to market a, a movie like space jam right with billions of dollars behind it and billion multi-billion dollars in expectations of revenue uh, to make a million bucks on, on selling NFTs is, is not your primary objective. What you really want to do is you want to get a whole community of people to engage with the brand, get excited about it. And then there are lots of other ways that you're going to make money, including selling tickets and, and maybe including selling NFTs too. So that's our pitch to the marketplace, you know, or at least brands in the market. And that was our conversation with our friends at, at Warner Brothers. And obviously it aligned with their interests. They wanted to engage fans like they had already made the property. And they knew their money was going to be made from the movie. How do we engage a large scale audience? So what we did, and this goes to, you know, Jordan's point about the sort of stack of everything we did. Palm was being created. Nifty's was being created. Damien Hurst's, you know, currency project was being created. The Space Jam project was created at the same time and, and launched on the same day. Crazy. We <laughs> and on that day, we distributed about 92,000 NFTs. Which that's actually hold on a minute. That's that's actually insane, right? It, because it, <laughs> Looking like, back, it actually might have been insane. 
Yeah. And and talk think about this for a minute. Were these like more crypto native users? Because I know the way you guys set up your onboard and your funnel, it was super, super easy to claim one, right? You right. could claim it like literally in a heartbeat and connect your credit card and all that process was yeah. streamlined perfectly, right? So were these more like mainstream users or were they more crypto native users? It was it was easy when it was working really well. <laughs> and so I want to just acknowledge that for most of the day it wasn't working really well. Um, we uh, or it was our day one of our platform and, you know, a few parameters were kind of set the wrong way for that kind of scale. And then suddenly LeBron James posted on Instagram. Oh my God. It was a wrap. But, Game over. <laughs> but when it was working smoothly, when it was working the way it was supposed to be working, um, I think it was one of the smoothest experiences for getting NFTs. Now, Jordan will tell you he's not satisfied. He, he's got a, a million ideas. <laughs> But it was a pretty smooth experience relative to what you've seen in a lot of other places. And as such, because of that, because of our message to the, to the world, hey, this is going to be easy. This is an IP that everybody can get behind. Come try it out. Many, many of our users were a much more, of a much more casual variety. I kind of think of them in three buckets. I think of them as the like crypto native, you know, they're on OpenSea. They're maybe using Meme. They're using some of the more advanced platforms. And then the sort of middle is the top shot people who uh, are used to a relatively easy experience, but they know what NFTs are and they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're engaging, but, but it's maybe not with, you know, with a MetaMask and things like that. And then there's this new group who like read about this in Variety, you know, or read about this in Fortune magazine, had seen it before, had heard all about it in the New York Times and on, on, on the news and thought, all right, maybe this is my chance to try it out. And we got a ton of those kinds of users as well. That's so cool. That is what, so cool. What's also, you know, as a crypto guy, as a DeFi guy thinking about this, you know, yeah, we issued 92,000 NFTs in one go in, in half a day. Uh, but we, we onboarded tens of thousands of users to the world of Web3 and the world of DeFi. Because uh, whether they know it or not, when you sign up for Nifties and you claimed your account, you were given a, an Ethereum address or a Palm address. Um, you're given a crypto wallet. We use a tool called Magic Link, and we've created a Nifty's wallet for all our users. You can also optionally add in your MetaMask. But as just someone that's interested in like growth of DeFi in general, I was totally geeking out about that stack, about, about that stat, about how, how big a step forward in, in the macro level uh, we contributed to onboarding users, the mainstream audience, into, into DeFi in the world of Web3. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. Yeah, something to really be proud of. I feel like you're going to add one more thing, Jeff. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, look, it was the day afterward um, when, you know, we were stabilizing the platform and, and dealing with all this inbound interest for what we had just, what we had just done. Um, and, and getting a ton of questions from people who had now just gotten their first NFT, you know, like, hey, what, what can I do with this? And, you know, all, all, these, all these interesting questions about what it now meant to own a Space Jam NFT. And J Jordan and I um, were together because we were, um, I was visiting San Francisco and he was up in San we, we, He and I were both visiting San Francisco for a meeting while we were launching. That was another thing that made it extra hectic. <laughs> but we kind of turned to each other and we're like, you know, we're now responsible for this Space Jam community. You know, like that, like this is, this is not only tens of thousands of new people and new wallets, but it's now it's a community of tens of thousands of people in their and their wallets and their right. and uh, and like we just we're like we can't let them down, 
You know, like now this is a responsibility. We've got to shepherd this, this community. So we've been, you know, working with Warner and Warner, by the way, feels the same way. I mean, they, they were thrilled um, and just thrilled that they could reach so many people and so many new kinds of fans with something like this. But uh, they don't view, you know, Space Jam, this as like a campaign and like you go and hopefully you watch in the theater and then they're done. They want to grow a community too. So, you know, we've been working with them about how this transitions from a movie campaign to a real community that can now we're talking. And, and, and become more and more. Now we're talking. Now I can only imagine the airdrops I'm going to get soon <laughs> in my wallet for getting all those NFTs. Um, this is this is great, guys. I wanna I wanna kind of pick your brains on what can we expect from Nifties in the future. What's to come? What can you share publicly? What alpha can you leak? G give it to me. I think you just got a little bit alpha there, where this is not not just a one and done Space Jam thing. Um, and it we'll we'll have some follow up. Uh, you'll be able to use some of these NFTs. I won't say the utility word, uh, but you will be able to use them for additional fun experiences. I think it's not just about NFTs, it's about, about experiences and the unique benefits you get by building on a crypto stack. Um, more ways to participate in the community, more ways to collect, uh, not with just Space Jam, but other properties, not just with Warner Brothers, but with other big brands and organizations. Uh, we're not forgetting the little artist or the up and coming artist we're going to be doing uh, a drop here in the next couple of weeks with some really cool artists. Um, we, we've got the rest of the calendar year and already into 2022 uh, with some of these big tentpole releases planned. It's going to be really fun. Um, and then in addition, as, as we roll out the product and improve the products and improve the user experience and making it super easy for brand new users without crypto background to be able to join and participate, um, start to see more ways to communicate, more ways to collaborate, more ways for communities to reach out to their collectors, more ways for artists to collaborate with other artists. Um, we see this as um, not really these like branded drops driving the train, not the platform driving the train, but really together uh, pushing the gas here. Yeah, and, um, I think it's going to be really cool with what you'll see in the coming months. Yeah, Jeff, anything to to add to that? Yeah, no, I would just uh, just to elaborate two two things. One, one um, you know, we, we Jordan and I met in the winter. We met in like February. Crazy. <laughs> so we brought this together really fast. We launched our company. We announced our company in March. We launched our platform in July, and we kind of had a tough decision to make. I mean, we could. Um, move it forward and um, st just get started or we could wait until it was complete and kind of, uh, you know, uh, launch it only when it was kind of uh, tied up with a, with a bow. And obviously we decided to do the former. We decided, you know, we could do enough that was fun, that would be interesting and new and valuable to the space that, that nobody had done before, but it wasn't going to be our complete vision. So when we, when we launched on July 12th, is in some ways a, a kind of a teaser of what's to come in itself. I mean, you can almost explore nifties today and you'll, you'll discover some dead ends and it's almost like, you know, there's a sign, there's an invisible sign there that says roadway coming, you know, like men at work. 
Um, and you'll find a bunch of those on Nifty's where you're like, oh, okay. You know, when I see that there's a road coming in here and it's going to connect to somewhere, it's really, really cool. So if you're kind of interested in where we're headed, um, you can kind of look for some of those those road signs on Nifty's where you'll find uh, some things that uh, are missing. I'll just give an example. But we are really excited about this idea of NFT playlists I mentioned earlier. Uh, NFT playlists is an incomplete feature on Nifty's. You can make a playlist today and you can showcase it, but there's uh, some limitation of what you can do with it. You, you can't edit it. You know, you, there's some limitation of what you can do with it. We're going to be over time dramatically expanding what's possible with playlists on, on Nifty. So that's just, just an example of where if you messed around with playlists on Nifty's today, you might have said, okay, this is kind of cool, but like, where are we going with this? Well, you can see that there's a road being paved ahead of you for it. The, the, other, the other thing that I just want to elaborate, because Jordan teased this drop that's coming up in a couple of weeks, and I think it's yeah. interesting to just maybe elaborate a little bit about it. Um, uh, we, we haven't said too much about it, but I don't think it's, it's um, uh, you know, I don't think it's saying too much to just go into some detail here. Um, we're we're going to be doing, we're going to be uh, not just working with big brands, but supporting independent artists. And we've got something that we call Common Canvas. And the idea here is um, we work with a creator to identify a canvas. And in this case, it's a skate deck. And uh, that uh, that canvas will be used not only by that creator, but by a number of other creators from their community that they help us to identify and kind of recruit into the project. So it's a little bit like a group show from the art world. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit like an like a individual collection that is shared by a number of creators. But in this case, uh, it's a skate deck and the creator that we're, we're working with uh, goes by the name of Spanky. And he's a professional skateboarder and artist. Nice. He's helped us to recruit a bunch of really, really cool artists and skateboarders. Um, you know, some maybe a little better known than others, but um, but all of them having like a really, really, really cool kind of uh, enthusiastic grassroots following. And we just thought like, you know, it, actually the thought came to us from, from Damien Hurst. Like Damien Hurst crosses over in so many different directions. What's an unexpected next thing, next thing that we could do and, you know, we thought about the, the skate decks he had done with Supreme, the shoes that he had done with Vans. And we're like, let's tap into that community. You know, there's like a bridge to be built here and let's, let's go, let's go for that. So, you know, that's the next one, but there'll be more of those kinds of projects, more bridges being built between different demographics who maybe haven't wholly embraced NFTs, but have all the propensity to do so. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what Common Canvas and everything else that we do with NFTs is going to be all about. Dude, that's exciting. That's really cool. I'm I'm stoked to see that come out, and hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll see more information about it and more, more things to learn about it. But before I let you guys go, I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Before I let you go, quickly plug yourselves and the project and where people can kind of find more and learn more. We can start with Jeff and then go to Jordan. No, no, no. Start with, start with Jordan because he <laughs> knows his Twitter handle, and I always forget mine. <laughs> At Jordan Lyle, J-O-R-D-A-N-L-Y-A-L-L. That's where you can find me and my uh, fun Twitter activity. Um, that's probably a great place. <laughs> the best place. <laughs> Reach cool. out to me as well. I'm on all the channels. I'm on all the, the networks. I just double-checked. Yeah, I'm at Jeff Marsilio. Jeff Marsilio. Okay. And, uh, and, of course, Nifty's is at Nifty's, uh, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, you'll, you'll find, unfortunately, I, I've never really gotten 
the bug. I've worked a lot in social media, but I've never got the bug to post a lot. I'm more of like a lurker, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you won't find a lot of content. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can learn from watching Jordan a little bit. But Nifty's, um, you know, not only do we uh, post about stuff that we're doing, but we try to support the NFT community and the creator community. And so you'll find some some really good things, uh, hopefully, and some useful information there. And of course, uh, it's like the first place that we, you know, drop information, uh, you know, about upcoming releases and projects and and updates is, is on our social handles. The other thing we should probably mention, Jordan, is our Discord, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that nifties.com and you'll find a link in the footer to our Discord. Um, I just joined today, so I'm in there. I'm alive and let's get it going. Guys, thank you so, so much uh, for being on. And uh, as, as Nifties develops, I hope to have you again in the future and kind of do a recap as we get bigger and we reach a billion users. So uh, <laughs> cheers to you and uh, more power. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thank you.